0: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast presented by Simply Healthcare. I am David Wilson and I am joined on the other line, as always, by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's as
1: usual going very well, David. How are
0: you? Good. Doing pretty well. Uh, it is Thursday. Um, we're done talking to Miami players and coaches for the week. Uh, Virginia game coming up in a couple nights. another night game just like you love. Um, <laughs> After after we got one day game, we, we go right back to the, those late nights in the Hard Rock Stadium press box on Saturday. Um, but I I want to start with the Pittsburgh game because uh, we haven't talked since. Um, kind of a weird game, right? I think that was the, the way that all of us came out of it, where it was like there were definitely a lot of nits to pick. Where, um, yeah, you know, the offense was you know pretty bad on third downs. Too many three and outs. Um, they actually ran for more than 100 yards, but only on like two point something yards a pop. Um, honestly, yeah. it was kind of the game I expected, though. I knew that Pittsburgh defense had a lot of talent. Um, I'm just curious, like, where you're kind of, where, where's your temperature at on this team after that game? What Now we have a, like, basically a week to digest it. What Where are you well, at? It,
1: yeah, um, it was, that was a very weird game, and uh, everyone I've talked to, uh, just friends who follow the Hurricanes, said the same thing. I, I never thought that that they were not going to win, but um, I had an awfully hard time writing that game story. It just there was nothing really sexy about it to me. I, yeah. I don't know, I, other than that, that the great gold line, some of the goal line stands right. and the red zone defense. Um, I, I, it, I kind of. Got me a little wondering about the UM like running game. Uh, they just don't. They. I mean, I, I understand Clemson, you know. Right. Uh. But they just couldn't couldn't do it. Like Cameron Harris.
0: Yeah, you like know, yards. The first couple game, few games was so dominant. I mean, like,
1: you know, top five, six, seven in the country, top ten for sure in a lot of categories, right. and he just kind of like. I don't know. He hasn't been able to put anything together, right? And and,
0: yeah.
1: and I got a little. Uh, D. Eric, you know, threw two two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and that was a little alarming. Um, I know one of them was tipped, but um, I don't know. The offense just um, I don't know. It didn't. It was definitely not as sharp. Uh,
0: yeah. So
1: that's kind of where. Where I'm, I know Pittsburgh, like you said, had a really yeah. good deep, and they definitely did. But it, you want to see the UM offense? Then you know if they're going to contend for an ACC title or at least get in the game, you know, yeah. you want uh, you want to see their offense keep
0: improving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, uh, what I think that uh, Pitt had 15 tackles for loss in that game, so Miami just. Every drive, it was like they were either, you know, and they, and they were clearly trying to, like, milk the clock a lot in the second half. Um, you know, right. once they had that lead and, and knew that Pitt with the backup quarterback was not really going to be able to, I mean, their only touchdown was a one-yard drive. Like, they, they clearly trusted their defense for basically the entire fourth quarter and, and were just running the ball even when it wasn't netting anything. But they were a lot of, like, zero-yard run, one-yard run, negative one-yard run. Uh, that, that started off the drives. And it, it was a big thing. It was kind of a big talking point throughout this week was, um, you know, the third down numbers were so good in the first three weeks of the season um, and have been pretty terrible for the last two weeks. Um, and, you know, third down defense was, of all the things Miami was bad at on offense last year, that was probably the most glaring thing. I think they were finished last or second to last in the country in third down conversion percentage last year. Um, and, and the big talking point this year this, this, this week was you know against Clemson I think their average distance to go on on second down was 11.2 yards or something like that and they had a lot of you know a lot of third and tens and stuff over the last couple of weeks so that's that's the biggest thing they've got to clean up um and, and you know there were there were some signs of it early on but um yeah dude I guess did, did, those first three weeks did we ever hype this offense a little bit or you were it just like Clearly, we've we've seen the highs. You know, we saw the Florida State game, the Louisville game, where they go for 500 yards and score 45, 50 points. So we know they have that in them against bad teams. And then we obviously saw, um, uh, frankly, a terrible day against Clemson, where you know they were I think like 200 yards or something like that total, and it was actually right. the, the worst passing yard game since since the Pinstripe Bowl in, in 2018, which is. One of the worst passing displays I, I could remember seeing in college football from a team like Miami. Um, and then obviously they kind of split the difference against Pittsburgh and I think it was like 330 yards. We're just Where on that spectrum do you think this offense kind of sits at this point? Well, you know, I'll,
1: I'll be able to know a little more after this game. Yeah. although, uh, you know, but um, I guess, like I'm wondering the same thing about overhyping the offense, but they just—they were really good those first yeah. two games. They yeah. fast, you know. They maybe we just weren't used to seeing it, you know. But they were, you know, super fast and um, and crisp and and everything else. And um, I, I, you know, I I'd like to think that we we did not overhype, for example, uh, De'Ara King. Um, you know but I, I i a little bit i'm wondering that too although he's got a lot of history you know yeah. i mean he's i mean the guy has fbs records you know he's really really good i just um and, and well, one thing i wouldn't say we you and i definitely did not overhype the um receivers and i think they're the they're the ones that are um they're really you know just i keep saying ordinary but maybe even ordinary minus yeah i mean that they, they just um they just haven't shown flashed at all really
0: yeah not really i mean mark, mark Carley had the long touchdown against um Pitt. Well, mike
1: had a great play a good yeah. catch
0: on the sideline but again he was wide open like it's not like he had to beat a guy there that was a uh a, you know the I think, what, Derek yeah. rolled right, and, you know, they, they Miami oh. schemed him wide open. They haven't had a wide receiver pretty much all year, um, except for I think Keyshawn Smith had a good catch in garbage time against Clemson. They haven't had, like, a, a play all right. year where a wide receiver makes, like, a spectacular catch.
1: Like a contested catch. Yeah. Like, they're, like they're two, there's a defensive back and a UM receiver, right? And yeah. the defensive back is playing great defense, and the UM receiver is right in the perfect position, and you're everybody's with bated breath waiting for Miami to pull that ball away yeah. and
0: make a great catch. And, and- to be fair, D'Erik has, you know, he I think really in the first couple of weeks, his deep ball, like, that was kind of, people knew that it had to get better, and, you know, he missed a lot of throws, really in the first half against UAB, I think he missed a lot of throws, um, and, you know, he obviously wasn't great against Clemson, um, but against Pittsburgh, I mean, that was... To me, I know he had the two interceptions, and and particularly the second interception was like, that was one of the worst decisions I think I've seen him make. Um, he kind of threw into to coverage over there, thrown across the field, um, but you know his deep ball looked as good as, as it had, and I I one I, I think that's got to be part of why uh, Miami this week on their depth chart is listing nine starters at, at wide receiver. Every, I love that. Everyone I love that. on the that depth chart's got that or yeah, next I, to I their I name. Feel bad.
1: Because
0: I think some of his throws have been actually right. okay. I think that's what th- this Pittsburgh game. Derek finally like was hitting those deep balls pretty accurately, and the guys just weren't making plays for him. So it was kind of the point where you can't make excuses for, for those guys anymore. I think you could kind of justify it a little bit in the first uh, couple of weeks, where you know Derek was was underthrowing and overthrowing guys. You know, he was he was not putting oh. balls in great spots on those downfield throws, um, but. This week, the, the drops and, and not drops because they would you know they're, they're tough catches, but but catches that a good wide receiver makes a you know a number one wide receiver in the ACC should be making. Um, they, they don't have anyone who can make those catches right now.
1: Yeah, for sure, and they they have made
0: drops this season. Yeah, they have I mean, drops. Not, yep. This game have you know they've dropped some balls this season that yep. weren't Eric's fault. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, very disappointing. Actually, when I. In the beginning of the season, in our special section, I had a story, 10 reasons why uh, UM will be better this year, and I have to tell you the truth, one of mine was the receiving core, and I, like, I was like, eh, when I wrote that, you know, I wasn't, you know, one of those You were trying to convince
0: yourself, yeah. Yeah,
1: I I wasn't really, honestly, everybody, I wasn't totally convinced, (laughs) that 10th thing, and I... I think I, there was something else I should have put instead. Well, I think you were excited but about I, Rob
0: Likens, I can't right? I not
1: remember what that was, but the, the point is that uh, that was the one that I was like, ugh. You mm-hmm. know, like, they haven't proved it, so yeah. why would I say they're going to th- be better? I think
0: we were excited about Rob Likens, right? The way that, you know, the Arizona State, with him the last couple of years, uh, I think Brandon Ayuk was a first-round pick for them last year, who was, you know, came to there as a Juco guy, Nikhil Harry, I want to say was like a mid... Like, they've had high draft picks the last couple of years, and... and we were excited yeah, to see what Lycans could do with these guys. And I don't know, some of the freshmen, like, you know, like, like Keyshawn Smith has kind of been the one guy that's flashed most to me. I know I mentioned him earlier. And he dropped a, a long one, uh, or not a true, you know, like one of those catches where an over-the-shoulder catch that hit him in the hands uh, right, in, in the pit game. But he is the guy that seems to get open down the field best to me. So uh, he kind of feels like the guy from this freshman class who – When you look at all those oars, is is the guy that maybe can um, be a real factor here going forward. Um, And potentially, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts a game at some point because I think he gives them, you know, a little bit of what, you know, D. Wiggins has given them from time to time. It seems like against Florida State every year, he makes one of those, you know, good downfield over the shoulder catches. Um, You know, Keyshawn seems to be the the other guy who can kind of stretch the field over the middle like that. I think. I yeah, mean, I think so, too. I, I mean, I think all three of those guys have been disappointing. I'm sure they would all, you know, for the most part, agree, right? Like, Yeah, the, the thing
1: is, that D, the only reason I'm saying D has been disappointing, I think, because he hasn't made those contested catches. Right. And, he's, and that's his
0: job. He's the big guy out of those wide receivers.
1: He's the big guy, and he's very talented, I think. I, you know, and nice long strides, and, uh, you know, was so excited. And yeah. I, Florida State game last year, I, I just, I thought he was the one that was going to break out, and the the other one that, I'm kind of surprised, that I know, I know he didn't play, I know he's, I, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Payton. Yeah. Okay, I, I really, from day one, when I saw Jeremiah Payton, I mean, I just thought, this guy is a stud. I mean, he's, he's strong, and yeah, just made, Jump high up in the air and make great catches and come down with the ball and yeah. in practice he looks so good and right now he has he has one catch Yeah. this season one catch for thirteen yards I mean I'm I'm kind of
0: surprised at that yeah no no we should know with him he missed a couple of weeks um, earlier yeah. in the year so um, yeah we, we don't know if maybe he's still dealing with something but yeah he's the guy that yeah, yeah. over the last two years I mean at the end of training camp last year, we thought he was going to get real playing time. And then um, he wound up, you know, not really touching the field very much last year. Um, yeah,
1: I I think you're right. He did miss a couple of games and um, yeah. he might've been sick. And yeah. So,
0: yeah. Um, but going back to the Eric real quick, I think where I'm at with him is, you know, quite frankly, I, I hadn't watched him a lot before this year, right? Like I, I watched a couple, you know, when Houston was, in a big, you know, they were they were kind of a top twenty-five team a lot when he was there. So, I would watch him when they were in a big, you know, AAC random like Friday night game or something. And I remember watching him play Oklahoma last year, uh, in a game they kind of got killed in, but you know he he scored, he looked good at least in the couple of minutes of that I watched. Um, I mean, he just quite frankly has not faced teams like Clemson and and even that Pittsburgh defense is probably as good as any he faced in the American um, over the last couple years. So maybe we overhyped him when we were talking about him, like, is he a top-five quarterback in the country? But, um, I mean, he's still obviously the best quarterback Miami's had since at least Brad Kaya. And, I mean, I still probably would put him two or three on the list of quarterbacks in the ACC, which is where we would have had him in the preseason, right? Trevor Lawrence is the obvious one, and then it's like the Sam Howell Derek is, is pretty clearly like that next group to me so maybe we yeah, overhyped I... him when we were talking about like ooh, this guy could win the Heisman but I don't think we overhyped him necessarily coming in where like this guy's going to stabilize that position I mean he hasn't run we were talking about yesterday off off mic but that he hasn't run it a ton um not a whole lot of design runs but his legs are obviously a huge factor um you know, I think a lot of those big you know, against UAB, where that Miami ran for what did they run for? 300 yards in that game. Um, like the threat of his legs is is opens up a lot. And then I mean, it's it's really obvious, but like you look at the two big touchdowns they had, two of the three big touchdowns they had on Saturday were all created because of the the threat of Derek's run with that that lean he does. You wrote about it um, on. Wednesday, the, the the kind of the play action they do, where where he fakes the the lean forward like he's gonna run a QB power and just tosses it right over the top, like yeah, he can manufacture big plays, and that's obviously been one of the big stories of this offense is the way that they, you know, we, we just talked about it. The, the wide receivers aren't making tough contested catches down the field, but there's still I think like I wrote it on Monday, I want to say like nine of their twenty one offensive touchdowns this year have been like. 30 yards or longer like they're creating big plays even without that and that that deer king and that's why this offense yeah. is working right now so maybe he's not as consistent as you would like um your quarterback to be but but he makes up for it with with the stuff he can do and and some of the most exciting plays of this year still are him running i mean that run against clemson was the electric well
1: yeah i think it i, I agree with you i think When we say overhyped, I mean, we're just going by what we, you know... Well, the other we
0: thing do. I think is this Louisville, this Louisville team that we thought was pretty good, what, they were number 18 going in that game, they seemed to be terrible, and that skewed us a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I, I but it's, like, Derek, um, Derek, I still think is, is very good, I, really good, actually, I, in every way, from being, a, he's a great leader, and, and I love his temperament, right? Mm-hmm. Even if he throws a pick or whatever, um, he has a very good temperament on the field. He's a really good uh, representative of the team, I think, on the field. I think he keeps people calm. And I, I think we're going by what we've seen him do in the past, which was. I mean, I have watched a lot of his plays, not in person, but like, you know, on YouTube, right. whatever. Yep. Running, I'd love to see him run. It's really fun watching him run, and I, I and he's also very tough, David. Yes. He's kind of a, a tough guy. He's not really that big, but he's tough. And yeah, I he's would, not running
0: like, to the sidelines when he's running. He's doing spin moves and trying to get every yard he can.
1: Yeah, he's. I really enjoy watching him play. The one, the one thing I'm disappointed for him is that I think people were starting to buy into the like. Some NFL people type people, right. and, and, and and draft draft and you know, um, from various places, we're starting to talk about. Hmm, let's let's watch him a little
0: closer. See, right.
1: hey, maybe you know, I think he will get Mel Khyber's, I think he is, is going to get drafted. This is before the last couple of games, but uh, let's see if he can get drafted as a quarterback. But feel bad because I, the last couple of games have definitely hurt his quote-unquote draft stock, even though it's very early. Yeah. It's still very early, um, but it just it, I, I, I just uh, it makes me wonder you know, whereas before I was sure he was going to go out
0: right.
1: and try to turn pro um, but now, you know, everybody can come back. The NCAA is letting everybody have an extra year of eligibility um, and I I thought for sure that if he got, and he had told me, if he gets at least five games in and stuff, he'll, there's a good chance he'll go out. But I don't I don't know now. The question is, would it be better for him to stay? If, or is, is, is it not going to matter? Because he's,
0: right. he's you old, know, he'd be 24, I think, 10. at that point. Just like,
1: under five yeah. It's not going to matter in the long run. I don't
0: yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, the the, the tough part yeah. of it is, you know Clemson and Pittsburgh, or until a bowl game or an ACC championship, those are probably the two best defenses he's gonna face all year. And you know he was bad in the Clemson game and you know pretty pedestrian in the in the Pit game. So um, you know he could put up monster numbers the rest of the way, but are people gonna just always think back to those games and be like, you know, when he when he faced a defense with NFL talent on it, um, he did not look like. Uh, anything special necessarily?
1: Yeah. I well, well. How much will it help him to get into the? And I don't know if they're. I don't know the chances. I have to go through all the permutations, but like the chances of them getting in the ACC title game. I know it's early. Yeah. It's
0: t- the, the tiebreakers are really weird, um, especially because a lot of these teams, like Miami, doesn't play Notre Dame. And they play North Carolina. North Carolina plays Notre Dame, I think. So like, you know, there's. Um, a lot of the teams don't play each other. That, you know, I, I think those are probably the the three favorites too. Although North North Carolina, I guess losing to Florida State really makes it the path a little bit easier for Miami potentially. Um, yeah,
1: and North Carolina State is four and one. Yeah, they play this
0: weekend, so we'll, we'll have a good idea if that's a race. And then, and Virginia Tech, I guess, is a factor too. So it's too early, but yeah. Um, it's too early. and
1: the North Carolina State game after this one. It's two week. They have
0: another two week. Oh right. I, yes.
1: After this game, and then they go for a Friday night game, Friday night to North Carolina State. So uh, it should be kind of interesting.
0: All right, uh, let's switch gears over to some defense talk because that, um, as you alluded to at the top, was kind of the the story, ultimately, uh, at least the positive story of Saturday. Uh, The defense held Pittsburgh, basically held them to 12 points, and honestly, really, even less than that, they gave up a touchdown on a one-play drive, and they actually held Pittsburgh to three points on a drive that started at the 12-yard line. Um, And they did it. Um, with the defensive line. That was the whole story. They, Pittsburgh, I think, ran 10 plays in the red zone and got negative yards out of it um, because Quincy Roche uh, had two tackles for loss down there. He also had a strip sack uh, at one point in the game to set up a Miami touchdown. Jared Harrison Hunt had a strip sack, although Pittsburgh recovered in the red zone and had another tackle for loss. Um This defensive line is – we knew they had I mean, even when Gregory Rousseau left. I mean, first of all, imagine if this defensive line had Gregory Rousseau on it. Um, But even when he left, I think we knew this defensive line had a chance to be really good. Um, The defensive tackles to me are kind of the difference where, you know, we knew Nesta had a lot of talent, hadn't really seen it yet. He's been really good this year. Um, I'm shocked how quickly Jared Harrison Hunt has become this good. Um, But this defensive line is – as good as any i think we've seen in the last couple of years here at miami and there have obviously been a you know a lot of nfl defensive ends that have come through um you know gerald willis had an all-american type season in 2018 um but this group the the, the top end talent they have at end and the depth they are kind of developing particularly at the defensive tackle spot um yeah. makes this group really really special i think and the defensive end depth, yeah. But they can really kind of lean on those two end guys, right? We see Jafari Harvey and, and Cam Williams a little bit, but those two defensive ends are... I, mean, I agree. Are...
1: And they've... You know, they've had a really good... I, I For many, many years since I've been covering this team, I could always... I could, I mean, I can go back to any any year. You know, Calais Campbell. Yeah. I know that's the way back, but honestly, I, they've had a lot of great defensive ends yes. since I've been covering them. And... And tackles, to an extent, more defensive ends. Yeah. I
0: think. South Florida produces a lot of really good defensive ends. That's that's something that's always got going for it. Yeah, and
1: I, and you know, we know how important that is. Yeah. A lot of them are locals. Yeah. Or it always seems. Yeah, that that's way. what I
0: mean by Miami. It's it's like the local guys. Like I guess this right. defensive end group actually is two not local guys. Um, True. With, you know, she from Baltimore yeah. and and Jalen's from California. Um, right, But you know, Craig Rousseau is from Coconut Creek and um and
1: Harvey is Tafari I think Harvey's
0: Harvey. Vero Beach. Um, Beach. And, you know, Joe Jackson was Gulliver and uh yep. John Garvin was West Palm. Like most of the guys who've come through lately have been been those local guys. But um I don't know, where do you think this stacks up with kind of the the recent ones?
1: I think it's uh just, I think
0: it's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, to me, I I think you have to go back to 2017 I, is is probably I, the last I think,
1: one. I think it stacks up uh, comparably for sure. Yeah.
0: you
1: yeah, know? The, the, I, I I mean there I, and I think UM now like uh, let me see. Well, as of this last game, um as of, as of today, I think UM was. 28th in the nation in sacks. I'm looking at the NCAA stats. They're fifth in the nation in tackles for loss. Yeah. They're averaging almost 10 tackles for loss a game. They're well, they're 38th in total defense, um, and they're 23rd in scoring defense. I mean, and they're well 45th in passing yards allowed. I'm looking at all the stats, but they're uh, they're and also David, their third down conversion percentage in defense is 17th. I know you're talking about the D line. Yeah. Seventeenth in the nation. Well, those um, guys are
0: creating a lot of that by getting the tackles yeah. for loss. And same way I, that I, Miami's been in trouble with early TFLs on offense. My, that's what Miami's defense is built around. Is you know you can move it on them, but if we get a sack for minus eight yards, you're all of a sudden in trouble, and we're yeah, going to do that a, four times a game. Yeah,
1: and they're definitely contagious, don't you think? I, yes. I When they get meaning when they get a TFL. Everybody wants it, mm-hmm. you know. Every, it seems like they get more and more. They get the defense really gets psyched up by making a good play. Yeah, I, I yeah I think they're they rate very highly.
0: Yeah, to me, I, I think you got to go back to 2017 to find the comparison. You can make probably a case for 2018 where Gerald Willis had that monster season where he was you know right up there in the nat, na, national tackles for loss lead. But honestly, yeah. a lot of the TFLs that – I think that team led the country or was top five in, in tackles for loss, but a lot of those TFLs were – I think Shaq had a ton that year um, and Pinkney. Like, the linebackers were creating a lot of this. Um, oh. And honestly, a lot of the got like, Bubba Bolden's got, what, like three or four tackles for loss this year. Like, they're doing that like always. But that 2017 D-line had um, Chad Thomas, R.J. McIntosh, Kendrick Norton, Trent Harris – and then Joe Jackson and John Garvin were the backup ends. That's a pretty deep group. Um, but yeah, these two deep. starters, I think this might be the best starter tandem they've had. I, I mean, end. I think
1: this one, will be, I think Parry J- Harvey's going to be really, really good dominant. And I, I'm looking again at the stats on Quincy Roche now is seventh in the country in tackles for a lot. Yeah. Just like, uh, So.
0: lot. Yeah. Um, I think this yeah. defensive end tandem is the best starting duo they've had since I've, like, been around. I mean, I'm sure you could go back and find better ones, but it's the best they've had under Manny Diaz, probably. Like, Quincy Roche is going to be a, probably a first or second-round pick, and Jalen Phillips will probably be the same. Like, uh, I, I know Miami's had a lot of guys drafted, but they've not had guys drafted that highly um, necessarily in the last couple of years, and, and I think both those guys are, uh, you know, legitimate. Yeah, I know Quincy doesn't have, like, necessarily the measurables. He's a little smaller. But um, mm-hmm. like you're saying, I mean, he's the national, the career t- sacks leader in the country right now, and he's got yeah. the TFLs, and and he's I think he's gotten you know that pit game was the best he has looked I think in Miami, and, and he said he agreed.
1: Another really, another really like mature yeah,
0: uh,
1: leader, um, kind of a co- cool guy. I like him. Um, just uh, yeah. Uh, they're going to miss those.
0: I keep thinking they're going to miss those grad transfers. Let me tell you. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to have like a full talk about what that's going to look like once we get a little later in the season. Cause we keep, we keep like mentioning it. Like everyone we talk about, it feels like this season is, is a guy who was not on the team two years ago and might not be on the team next year. And um, that it's the elephant in the room of this whole season. Yeah. And and you know
1: what, David, i kind of think about that every year now. I, guys just leave right the world. That, I mean
0: that and that's the thing is Miami has, has proven like they can make this transfer thing like like they're gonna get guys right like they're not not always gonna hit like these guys have but the same way a year ago we were talking about a lot of transfers obviously it's different this year because all the guys have been excellent but um yeah it's gonna be part of part of what we have to be thinking about um, one one of these transfers who said he is staying uh, for next year is Lou Headley. Do you want to see some Lou Headley appreciation? Because um, he was incredible in the pick game. Good. I
1: I have to tell you, with Lou Headley, their punter, U.S. punter is. I can't help it, but like, like in my mind, he's an NFLer right now. I can't. It's so yeah. weird. I, he's just. He's older. He's not that much older. Okay, but he is a few years. But I mean, he's. Um, he's just so good. Yeah. He's so good at Tom and uh, man, their kicking game. You know, with what people had to go through here, uh, I mean, you fans to deserve this this year? I mean, yeah. Lou Headley's you know averaging forty-seven point six yards a punt. I think he. Did he average 60 yards or something? Or he kicked a 60 he yard? He had a 60 yard. I mean, yeah, it
0: was like 51-7, I think, in the uh, pit game was his average. What was it? I want to say it was like
1: 51-7. When he kicks the ball, I mean, I, I mean, their field position, because of him, is so much better. Yeah. You just can't say enough how, what a difference that makes in the game. Um, and, and you know what, last. Game, I, I, maybe the second punt or a couple times. I remember it was kind of close. It looked like
0: they might have been yeah. close. Yeah. I, his, yeah, like I, he had his long sixty-yarder. I think was his first one of the game, and he like, you know, he likes to do like the rugby style, where like you roll out a little bit and take your time, uh, and he could boom yep. it. And then the next one they got close, and then he started like kind of short. Uh, I don't know what you call it, like short legging it, where he would like, you know, he's getting it out quicker because they were selling out for the block. And he was still kicking it fifty yards, forty eight yards yeah, every time. I mean, I and, <laughs> and, and he kicks and, it high, which is important. He said that's a big adjustment, right? Is the hang time he's gotten a hang of. Um and they've I think he's only had like one or two punts returned all year.
1: Yeah, and he was and he was asked you know, about next year, is he gonna is he gonna come back? Because um he's a he's a red junior, right? Yeah,
0: but he's like twenty seven <laughs> or twenty six.
1: And he was pretty. The thing is, he's not like a little kid. He's pretty mature and and seems like a real bright guy. And he, he he said pretty, uh, as of now, but pretty unequivocally, not like he was trying to, you know, trick us or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wants to come
0: back. Yeah. He said he. I mean, good punters come back. He'll get his degree. Like I believe him. We'll be back next year. He'll get his degree. You got one more year of him, Miami fans. Yeah,
1: he said. Wants to get his degree. That's really important. I mean, what a mature guy! Yeah. You know, uh, wants to get his degree, and he said he might even want to try to get his master's. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm sure Manny Diaz is elated about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jose will be gone. bargalas the kicker, who also has he gotten the kick return yet? A kickoff return yet? Has I he gotten- don't
0: think so. Unless they had one where like a penalty backed him up and he couldn't get into the end zone, but I I, I don't think so.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, amazing, amazing. Those two guys, how they've changed the team. I mean, they changed the
0: program. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we don't have to do like an in-depth Virginia preview. Uh, Miami is pretty big favorite. Um, this Virginia team is is not as good as this Pittsburgh team. What? What? Just what do you want to see from them this weekend? What? Like what? What are you looking for?
1: From um, Miami, I'm look- I should say. I'm I, I, I'm looking for of receivers to step up i'm looking for uh, the running backs to get some good running yards some good rushing yards um
0: i think it's a game and, that miami should win pretty easily. yeah well
1: they they should I, yeah, what's interesting to me david is I, you know that you know there's for the second week in a row, they, there's a quarterback situation with the other team, and they're, they're, they're norm, the guy who normally starts for them, um, Armstrong, ha- well, ha- he sustained a concussion two games ago, um, and did not, couldn't play last week. And of course, the coach of Virginia won't say whether he's going to play. But um, and they used three quarterbacks rotating, yeah. um, which was interesting la- last week. Um, I, I want to see you know in that situation, UM, they should excel just like they should have last week against a new starter, you know, another quarterback starter. Uh, you know that that those kids are going to be on the road, um, and I think they, you know, I, well, the the the, that's the defense, um, I'm I'm expecting to come through again, yeah. but I. I think it's the offense
0: that I'm looking for yeah, right now. Yeah, I think there's there's kind of a way you can look at the way this season has gone. Like I said, they had the three awesome offensive games to start the year, and then they run into Clemson, and Clemson, you know, has a lot of talent but also seemed to put together a really good game plan to exploit Miami's weaknesses. Pittsburgh, naturally, just kind of does a lot of those same things but, but held Miami's offense relatively in check. Um, I think the question is... Has the league started to figure out how to slow down Eric and Rhett Lashley, or were those two teams just finally some teams that had the, the defensive talent to match up with what Miami was doing? Um, so I, I think if Miami comes out and oh you know, puts up 500 yards or 450 yards, you know Virginia, you know they're always pretty solid defensively and, and play slow, so like it's hard to put up huge numbers. But if they kind of take care of business, and I think. We feel pretty good about Miami going forward as far as, like, you know, their they're team that's not going to necessarily have letdowns and stuff like that. But um, if yeah. it's a slog offensively, then I think you really have to start worrying, like, has the league started to figure things out and what is Miami going to do to counter that? And, you know, I think Rhett Lashley clearly has already started to, like, kind of counter some of the – count. like, you know, the, the team's figured out a way to counter Miami and Lashley now has to counter the counters. I think he's starting to do that. Um, but but yeah. this week will be a good I think a good tell of um, how his counters respond to the counters and and um, and just how good Miami's offense actually is
1: Yeah I, those are all very good points. Um, you know I said that last week I, Pittsburgh I, Virginia's lost three games in a row, right yes. So I feel like they can't. You know, no matter what Mendenhall, their coach says about that, they still have the fight in them and all that. I just don't believe that. I, that's hard to believe. They have to be demoralized, and I, I feel Miami should. I feel Miami should win this game big. They yeah. should. I think if
0: they do, you feel pretty good, right? Like,
1: yes, I feel. I feel very good. I, I do think um, as far as the, I have to bring up the point spread because it's always interesting how Vegas, you know how Vegas always is right? A lot of times they're right. And, and last week, UM was favored, I think by like 14 and a half points over Pittsburgh. Um, and one by 11. And this week, they're only favored by about 12 and a half now. So I'm trying to figure that out. Maybe the, maybe the, maybe the regular quarterback is going to play. Yeah. I bet the regular quarterback plays, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but, We'll see what happens, but I think they should—they should win. I think bigger than than
0: uh, than uh, than they did last week. Personally, right. yeah, I agree with you. All right, I think we can wrap things up there. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. You can follow Susan on Twitter at Um She's got your preview of this Saturday's game against Virginia. You can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson 2 um, By the time you guys are listening to this, I'll probably have a story up on uh, Jared Harrison Hunt. I talked to his high school basketball coach um, about him and what he was like as a player, and uh, he compared it. You can you can figure out why his coach compared him to Jimmy Butler. So that there's there's a tease for the Miami fans for the Heat fans out there. All right, Susan, you got anything else? Uh, no, other than uh, mid-season's coming up. I know, I yeah. Believe- so so next week we there's a bye coming up after the Virginia game. We're basically at the midpoint. Maybe we'll do some sort of like midseason awards, midseason review kind of thing in one of these next couple weeks, um, while well, we've got we got some time to kill. Yep. So thanks as always for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.
1: Thank you.